Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is what day is this? Oh gosh, I haven't even been keeping track. November 16th, 2021. It is Tuesday. And for those of you watching the calendar, of course, you know, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Nine days. My favorite holiday. In the meantime, as we see from the news reports of increasing inflation, I think lots of people are becoming concerned. There's no need to overreact. Remember. Fear and greed are not your friends, so you don't react to that. And as I said, for for corporations, inflation is really not a problem. They are able to keep up with it by raising prices. The time that they're not able to do that is when their customers do not expect prices to rise. In other words, they don't expect inflation. But it is well known in the public that we are dealing with lots of inflation, so the corporations can pass on the cost and their consumers just chalk it up to, you know, inflation. Can't help it. So what I'm telling you is corporations can maintain their profit margins. They don't have a problem with that. So long as inflation doesn't, you know, run away, you know, get so much that, you know, it destroys the economy. That That's the issue that they would then not be able to compensate by prices. So, and of course, we all have to compensate with our portfolios. We had to manage it. We got to take, you know, we got to take care of it. We have to understand uh, uh, how it works. And of course, we have to beat inflation as far as the returns. If your returns are under inflation, then you're losing buying power. Your money's getting worth less every year. So you got to be, got to stay up with it or beat it. You can't fall to it. And if inflation is rising, that means you need better returns. That's what that means. And, of course, that's what this show is about. If you want answers to a specific or directed situation or company or whatever financial issue you are dealing with, this is the show for you. You can call and ask your questions. And we'll help you build your comfortable financial future. So on today's program and podcast, we operate with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. And, of course, that is what we start off with and try to assure you that we're going to give you the facts. Nothing but the facts. We're not going to try to hype it up. We're not going to try to make it sound better or worse than it is, you know, whatever they are. And, you know, we'll give you the facts concerning any stock questions, which is a primary, primarily 
issue that people call the show. Okay? Okay, so I guess we get right started. I mean, we have a couple callers. Glenn and, and Pleasanton. How you doing, Glenn? Good. How are you, Steve? I am good. Thank you for the call. I, I have a question on QuantumScape. Uh-huh. U.S. I heard you talking about it, I don't know, a week ago, five days ago, something like that. And I did a bunch of research, watched their video, and and liked what I saw. And I so I just bought a tiny bit. You know, I'm averaging in slowly. Uh-huh. But Morgan Stanley came out today, and they dropped it from outperform to equal weight or whatever they call it. And I was wondering how much... I guess, weight, how, how do I say it? How much emphasis do you have on those upgrades and downgrades as far as what you think of the stock and the company? Okay, on QuantumScape, I would not pay attention to them at all. Okay. But that doesn't mean I don't pay attention to in other stocks. Why on QuantumScape? For everybody else, QuantumScape QS develops next-generation solid-state lithium metal batteries for the use of electronic vehicles. Why? This is a super high-risk stock, okay? They don't make money. They're not going to make money this year. They're not going to make money next year. Maybe the year after, they'll start making money. You have to look like, like Glenn here did. You have to look and see what they're doing. This is a startup operation. It's a public company. Uh, that they say they have solved the problem of solid-state batteries for the electric vehicle industry. If that is true, and we all know there's going to be hundreds of millions of more electric vehicles every year, if that is true, then this company is going to be huge. If it's false, this company will go to zero. I mean, there's your two choices. Now, you're going to have people, you know, experts come in and give their opinion, upgrade, downgrade. I don't understand how they could change their grades when nothing's happened. I mean, they don't have sales. They don't have profits. And there's been no, the only only thing that's ever happened was that they sent out a couple of their test batteries to independent examination. And that's why the stock has popped up recently because they met or bet, beat, expectations in the testing. So I don't listen to them. Matter of fact, I hope that they downgrade. I want them all downgraded because I want it to go back down to $20, $25 a share so I can buy some more. But this is not for the lighthearted. It's all speculative, Glenn, just super speculative. And I plan on hoping, holding mine it, it, you know, in my uh, uh, um, 401k for years. I just do. This is the one stock that I've been, you know, I don't do this very often. It's very rare. Take a risk of, on a really super speculative stock. But, again, my risk taking is only a very small amount. Glenn, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Let's go to Jeffrey in El Paso. How are you doing, Jeffrey? Hi, good. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call. Hi, um, I was wondering if I could get your thoughts on a Western Union ticker whiskey uniform. Uh, it's on my watch list as a potential uh, deep value income play. Okay. I thought a bit of a downtrend, a PE of eight and a half, a yield of five and a quarter, and I'm seeing analyst forecasts that the growth is going to pick up in the next couple of years, possible um, value play. I was wondering if I could get your thoughts. 
Yeah, it would be a value play. Uh, this is Western Union. WU is a symbol. Provides money transfer and payments via 550,000 agent locations in more than 200 countries and territories. Uh, they've made money. They've made money forever. They're going to continue to make money. And they picked up in their sales growth, but this is not a huge grower. It's a very slow grower, if at all. That's why they're going to make $2.24 per share, but the stock price is only $17.43 because it's not exciting. Now, the one thing I worry about a little bit is um, they have some debt. I'm concerned about that, but they have pretty strong cash flow. I mean, $2.24, you're looking at, what, an eight? P.E. and the range, five-year range for their P.E. is 8 to 16. So it never gets very high, but it's at the very low. If if it goes to 16 and it's 8 now, that means the price is probably going to close to double. I mean, if their earnings come, you know, is correct. And the dividend yield is 5.4%. So I think it is good deep value play. Just don't expect much more than the dividend. Anything above that is gravy. They 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 can go up to, to I see them going back to $25 a, a share at some point. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. So why are we here today? Why am I doing this podcast? Well, I know you need inf- effective strategies. Market commentary that's true. Okay? And how to deal with the various volatility of everything. All that uncertainty. So give me a call. We'll talk about it. We're heading into a break, and we'll get right back with the listener line at 888-99-CHART. Good news. Steve and Justin will host the next free wealth webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, in two days, this Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific. With inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? Get the answer to that question and others and prepare for the coming changes. Register now for free at investtalk.com. 888-99 chart. Let's talk to Bill in the Bay Area. Hi, Bill. Hi, uh, Steve. So I have a question about... uh... I have a rental house and I'm thinking yes. about selling okay. and it has a very low basis because okay. uh, I did a 1031 into it yeah. uh, from a property that had a very low basis. So now the new one has a low basis. Right. So anyway, I have heard that there's a way to create, uh, have a third party create a trust mm-hmm. and give instructions about uh, selling it uh, they hold the money, but I get to give them instructions on how to invest it and um, what income stream I would like from it. So that would mean that instead of taking one huge capital gains hit, I could take it slowly over time. Let's say instead of 450000 I would uh, take uh, out uh, two or 3000 a month for the duration. Now, I've, I've researched this by looking up the IRS codes and stuff. So I know it's legit, but what could you tell me about this? Well, sounds like you're describing to me what's called a charitable remaining, remainder trust. 
charitable remainder trust. No, what... Actually, this is this is not a charitable one. This okay. is one. It's a similar. It's very similar where it's held by the trust, like a bank. A bank would uh, hold it for me, charge me a fee, and uh, invest it for me, and then uh, determine the rate of return. Well, then, to be honest, I'm not sure of what you're talking about. I'm a little bit more familiar about the charitable remainder trusts. Uh, I don't doubt that they exist. I I, I don't doubt it. And uh, you just have to find a, a, a trust attorney, someone who knows what they're doing, to help you set that up. And get the facts concerning that. that or a CPA? Would a CPA? A CPA uh, would be good. A CPA firm that has a specialty in trust and managing trusts. That would be that would be okay. better. Actually, attorneys are not. That's. I would say that I would probably look for the CPA. And I actually know of a firm down in San Diego. I think it's called Means M E A N S and Associates. That do that kind of thing. I know they do it with, uh, with uh, uh, 1031s. Yeah, they deal with 1031s. They deal with uh, uh, wealthy people who are trying to spread out their taxes, like you're describing, or gen- yeah. or, or skip a generation trust, skip, generation skipping trust. Yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah. You know, uh, right. so that your kids or their their kids get money, you know, and they deal with uh, uh, personal pensions. If you're like a sole proprietor and you want to put more money away, they can help set up a personal pre- – those are the kinds of things – that's the kind of CPA you're looking for that does that kind of work, okay? okay. So, yeah. But they're not cheap. I'll, I'll warn you. They're not cheap. They're kind of expensive. Okay, appreciate it, Bill. Thanks for the call. Yeah, charitable remainder trust, everybody, is where you give money to it. You set up, it's a charity. But you, while you live, get to use those funds and get the income from those funds to you. But when you die, it's, it goes to all to the trust, the charity. All of it goes to charity. So I, I'm kind of familiar with that. Okay, 888-99-CHART. Well, let's quickly go. Uh, we just we didn't even get into the what the market did today. The market was up today. Um, the Dow, the Nasdaq led the way, and it was surprisingly how strong it was, hundred and something points. Uh, but we'll get to that. This is Invest Talk. We love we love live questions. We really do. And your voice pain questions are very important to us as well. So give us a call eight 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 ninety nine chart. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll get back with the questions. Got a question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling to ask your opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is, during the market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question about warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price. What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief Riskalyze quiz. 
chart. That's our number. Give me a call. My focus point today. Well, first, let me tell you what the stock market did. It was uh, the Dow was up 55, the Nasdaq was up 120, and the S&P was up 18. So a positive day today. So my focus point today concerns a story. Uh, the Consumer Sentiment Index fell to a decade, decade low in early November. A decade low. And yet we have lots of job openings. You know, why is it so low? Well, three things, basically. Well, maybe four. Uh, surging prices, inflation, labor shortage. Okay, now the labor shortage is not the, a labor pool shortage. Labor shortage for employers. There's lots of labor in the pool. They're just not looking for jobs or they're re- very willing to quit. And then the third thing is a gummed up supply chain. The fourth is COVID. So when the COVID Delta variant popped up, okay, first of all, let me tell you this. I don't really care for the consumer sentiment survey they do every month. Why? Well, it's because it's not very predictive. And I don't like, I'm in the stock market. I want things to try to hint at what the future is going to be. The consumer sentiment number is a snapshot of how the consumer feels at the time they take the survey. At that very minute, this is what they feel like. Now, you can go to last month and say, oh, it's improvements, consumers improving. Or go last month and see this month, the, the consumer sentiment is getting worse. Okay? So but so it gives you a trend, but it doesn't really help me in my investments. You know, I can't use it to say, okay, the trend is up, the trend's down. This is what stock markets generally do when that happens. I can't, it, it's not used that way. It does not, it's not predictive. Okay, now, having said that, it's been the lowest it's been in 10 years. And I'm a little bit confused. I don't think things are bad at all. Uh, Yeah, we got more inflation than we want, but salaries are going up too. Yeah, we got uh, uh, gummed up, as they say here in this article, a supply chain issue. Yeah, that's true, but it's not like we're short food or short, even toys, there's stuff out there. You may run out quicker because we have a gummed up supply chain. That's possible. So I'm, I'm, I'm amazed it is that low consumer sentiment, and I don't. But I don't think it's telling us that much. So next month when it rebounds, is what is it saying then? Oh, okay, turned around. What would you do with that information as an investor? I don't think you really can do much with it. So I don't think you should pay too much attention to it. Okay? That's what I think about that. Okay? 888-99-CHART is our number. Let's go ahead and pivot to a voice bank question. Same number, 888-99-CHART. Hi. I bought R.R. Donnelly, symbol R.R.D., about six weeks ago at the price of $5.40, and it has increased due to a buyout gone up about 69%. What would you do? Would you sell out the amount of money that I put into it and let the rest of it ride? Or would you sell out because it's a buyout? Or would you hold on? Thanks. Bye-bye. Generally, my rule of thumb is sell the whole thing when the buyout is offers made. And I explained this before why I, why I want to do that. Okay, so someone, company A comes in and buys company B for X amount of dollars. Let's, let's, 
let's say it's $10, okay, just to pick a number. It was $5, we're going to buy it for 10 Immediately, you make a huge gain, right? So, but the stock doesn't, the stock price, remember, is out in the public. The buyout is announced. It's not bought. That takes time. Uh, sometimes it, they have to get approval from the SEC. Sometimes it's from the government, Treasury Department, or the Justice Department. You know, have to approve it. Depends on what kind of company's buying what. Um, so, therefore, the stock price usually goes to about 90% of the buyout price, not the total to the 100%. That's not normal. Occasionally, rarely, someone else may make a counter offer to make the buy, and then you get a bidding war, and that's great, but that's pretty rare. So, what can happen now? Now you've got this huge gain. What can happen? Only three things can happen. The sell can go through, and therefore you get that extra 10%, however long that takes. What if the sell falls through? It goes right back down to the 50% that you made. It went right back down until you lost out on the game. And the third thing that could happen is the government could stop it, but that's part of the fail, okay, failing. Uh, so you got to be really issued. Now, no one's going to stop this. This is Donnelly. It's not a very big company, $672 million. It's kind of small. Uh, so this deal, the, your fear on this one is the deal could fall through. What's the best scenario? The best is you can get maybe a little bit more money if, it, if the deal goes through. What's the worst? You'll lose all the game. I don't want to take that risk. Okay, There's been a lot of talk about uh, raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. Of course, if that happens, some small businesses probably go out of business. They may. If they can't make up the difference you know, financially by raising prices. Um, okay. But you know there's already a large number of businesses, a large number of larger businesses already raising their wages to $15 an hour. So as we go to break, here's my question. With the worker shortage having an impact, can you name several of the large companies that are already paying or have agreed to pay employees $15 an hour? After break, I'll give you the answer, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know 
about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 99 chart. I had a trivia question before the break. And the question was, we talked about minimum wage and companies moving into $15 an hour. Okay, which is what the government is talking about moving it to. But many companies, large companies are already doing it. Okay, so why is because of the, what we just talked about labor, labor, you know, the people they are having trouble getting workers, they have to So the, the free market works. 
It does if you leave it alone. So, you know, people, they have to attract them to come back to work. So Starbucks, by the way, is one of them. They're, they're going to offer their employees a minimum wage of $15 an hour with an average of $17 an hour by summer of 2022. So they're going up to 17 William Sonoba, upscale home retailer, that William Sonoba, uh, they raised the minimum to $15 an hour, effective immediately, to all workers. And remember, William Sonoma also owns a pottery barn, so it applies to them too. Walgreens. CVS, Walgreens, $15 an hour. Uh, Aldi, the low-priced grocery chain, announced its plan to hire 20,000 workers to prepare for the busy holiday season, and it will be offering an average starting salary of $15 an hour. Uh, For store positions or warehouse positions, $19 an hour. Amazon, $15 an hour. Costco. Costco started paying workers at least $16 an hour in March, and now comes news that a company will be offering a minimum of $17 an hour. Bank of America recently raised its minimum wage to $21 per hour. $21. And let's see, they said part of the company's effort to provide a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Pretty darn good. And Fifth Third Bank, Midwest Bank, Fifth Third, it's big, joined its larger banking rivals in August 2019, saying it would increase its minimum hourly wage to $18 an hour. So the federal government's behind the eight ball already, right? Because many companies are raising to attract workers, raising above $15, are already there, $15 an hour. So, yeah, not not that they shouldn't do it. I'm not saying that. They should, and I don't have a problem with it. But it's already being done. You know, so I think that's a a good thing. And because they can't attract, they have to attract workers. You know, they have to attract them, and they're not doing so at the lower wages. So, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? Okay. Uh, how about, um, you know, they just passed, Biden just signed the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. And I was curious as to, well, where is the money going? And boy, it's a long list of things, but I'll give you some of the highlights. They're going to spend $110 billion on roads, bridges, and major projects. $40 billion on bridge repair. $16 billion on uh, major other projects. They didn't list what they were. $65 billion on, on broadband infrastructure. I'm not sure what that means because I know already, you know, billions of dollars are being spent by private industry to upgrade to the 5G. $66 billion on uh, passenger and freight rail. And $39 billion to modernize public transportation. Um, they didn't specify the amount of money, but there was a section here about amount, a certain amount of money on climate change uh, uh, integration. I don't know what that meant. Um, transportation safety of $11 billion. 
So those are like where the money's going. $15 billion on zero low-emissions buses and plug-in stations. $17 billion on ports. So that's a ton of money being spent. We needed money spent on infrastructure. We, we needed it badly. You know, you can argue uh, where the money is spent, but we need the money spent because we haven't spent it. We haven't upgraded our systems. And we're one of we're not. We're, I think the engineers across the country gave uh, the United States like a, a, a C minus or something on the state of our infrastructure. Not a very good grade. We need that. This is Invest Talks. So let's swing back to another voicemail question. 888 99 chart. Hey, Justin and Steve. This is John in San Diego. Love your show. I started investing almost exactly a year ago, and I've learned a lot from your podcast. I want to talk about Nano Dimensions Limited, ticker NNDM, November, November, Delta Mike. I've purged most of the story stocks from my portfolio since I got started, but I haven't moved on from this stock yet. I have about 100 shares at 970, and the stock is down 35 to 40% on any given day. I'm wondering if I should cut my losses or just sit on it longer, or if I should add another 50 shares to my position. Uh, looking forward to your opinion. Thank you. As you know, I just talked about QuantumScape. I'm not opposed to every once in a while with a little bit of your money swinging for the fences, and this would be that type of stock. Nano Dimension Limited, NNDM, an Israeli developer of 3D printers related ink materials for electronic circuit board printing. They don't make money. They have never made money. And my problem is they've been around for a number of years and still haven't made money. That bothers me. They're only selling about eight hundred to a million dollars worth of sales a quarter. That seems very small. It's a one point three billion dollar company. Frankly, uh, I don't care for it. I would I would get rid of it. The negative cash flow. There's not a lot. There's got to be some kind of catalyst. Uh, they recently bought something for twenty four million. I don't know if that will help them, but they've got to have some kind of catalyst to sh- to make this go higher. Now, it's been as high as $60, $70. I mean, it has in the past. But that was several years ago, and all it did was go down, 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 down. Then at the bottom of COVID, the COVID recession, it moved back up to $14. Now it's moving back down steadily again. I think I, I, I don't know. Unless there's something we don't know about that's going to spark this company's, you know, in a major way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be a holder of it. Just wouldn't. I mean, you're going to look at the sales, see it growing 179% the most recent quarter, but that's only up to 800,000. A year ago quarter, it was only 300,000. See, that's nothing. That's nothing. Okay, uh, on almost every podcast, I'd like to reserve a minute or two to talk about KPP Financial and what we do. Um and over the holidays, you might have a few minutes to ponder your portfolio strategy and let us help you with that. It's a good thing. So here on Invest Talk at KPP Financial, we'll be happy to help you with that, to take a look at your portfolio and your strategy and talk to you about it. So, so how do we implement our own strategies and our various programs? Well, one thing we do, if we buy the same thing for our clients as we do for ourselves, I own the exact same thing all our clients own in our managed account. Okay, in our managed accounts, we have five of them. 
I own the same stock, the same percentage as all the other people in those accounts. Okay? We call that parallel investing. We have five different strategies from very risky to practically very low risk. You know, there's never no risk. The only no risk investment you have is FDIC insured savings accounts, CDs, and and the federal government bonds. Those are what we consider in the industry no risk. Everything else above that, anything other than that, there's risks. Now it's a matter of how much risk you want to take and for what kind of reward. But if you're interested in having us take a look at your portfolio, we'd love to do that. Contact us. You can go to investtalk.com, click on the the contact us button that we have several places. Send me an email. Give me a call. Any way you want. You know, we'll we'll be happy to talk to you about it. What we do, and we'll be happy to help you with your your 401k choices. And you know, we don't have to manage your money. We'll help you. We want to help. I like helping. A brief message about our upcoming wealth conference, our wealth webinar. Wealth webinar, that's this week, everybody. As a matter of fact, it's day after tomorrow. Okay, and uh, then we will play another Invest Talk listener question. Hang on. The inflation we are now experiencing in 2021 is disturbing and eerily reminiscent of what we went through in the 1970s. So, with inflation impacting all areas of the global economy, how should investors adjust their strategy to take advantage of emerging opportunities? You'll get the answer to this and other key questions at the free InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World. This important online event is hosted by InvestTalk's Justin Klein and Steve Peasley, and it's happening on Thursday, November 18th at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. At this InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, you'll learn about the historical precedents for inflationary periods, how various asset classes perform in rising price environments, and the best opportunities for investment when interest rates rise. The InvestTalk Wealth Webinar, Investing in an Inflationary World, is free, but you've got to register. Go to investtalk.com, scroll down to the November 18th free webinar button, and click to register. Hello, this is Luke from New York. I hold a couple of energy stocks and was looking for ETFs to add to my energy sector. I found an ETF called GUSH, G-U-S-H. Uh, named Direction Shares ETF Trust Daily S&P Oil and Gas Products Bulls 2 Times Shares. I have seen it run up a lot from its lows, and I wanted to reach out to you to explain what that ETF does track, if it's an energy play, and what it means that it's two times bull shares. Thanks for all you guys do. Okay, this is not two times bull. It's bull, bullish, B-U-L is what we're talking about. It's three times. This is an ETS seeking results 300% of the performance of the S&P oil and gas exploration and production select industry index. Okay? So it tracks an index that tracks the oil and gas exploration and production. Okay. 300%. Leverage, 300%. I do not like leveraged funds. Now, can they work? Yeah, sure. Why don't I like them? 
because how I, I'm not I'm never know exactly how they're achieving this 200 or 300 percent leverage. What are they using? And are those instruments they're using how reliable are they? <clears throat> For instance, when there's a times of stress, what will happen to them then? Remember, times of stress means what if what if the company that's providing the leverage can't maintain that leverage because there usually are swaps and contracts between other companies and you just don't know what they are. It's one of the reasons why I don't care for leverage funds. Yes, they can move very, very fast. They can't. If their underlying index that they're tracking moves in the right direction, they also can lose money very, very fast. So it depends on how much risk. This is to be super, super risky. It's as simple as that. When people take the time to leave an Investor podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them, you know, as a courtesy, by answering their question, if they have one, right away. So let's get one to one now. This is Brandon. Brandon. I wanted to I wanted to hear your thoughts on HBI. I recently started a position, but after the last earnings and the future guidance, it appears dramatically undervalued. So let's take a look at that. HBI. HBI is a symbol. B I. Let me punch that in. This is Haynes Brands. Haynes clothes makes T-shirts, bras, panties, men's underwear, kids' underwear, socks. Hosiery, casual wear, active wear. It's a $6.2 billion company. Sales uh, uh, was up 6% in the most recent quarter. It was 13% before that, 25% before that. So sales have been, sales growth has been slowing. They're going to make $1.88 next year. It's a $17 stock, so it's about a 9 PE. The five-year range, 5 to 13. So it's always had a pretty low, low PE. And it's right kind of in the middle of the range. So I don't think there's anything exciting to buy about it. I mean, good return on equity, 47%, a little bit more debt than I'm comfortable with. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds have been net sellers slowly in the last year. Uh, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, it pays a 3.4% dividend, and that's the only thing that attracts me is that dividend of theirs. But, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I would not, I, this would not be part of my portfolio. Okay. Here's another iTunes review question. I was, this is from uh, Colombiano. I was hoping to get your thoughts on the stock ticker FHRC, Freedom Holdings. Is this good for an inflation play, especially when rates will rise? Okay. So let's punch that in, see what it is. F. H-R-C. F-R-H-C. Yeah, he got it wrong. F-R-H-C is Freedom Holdings. Uh, Kazakhstan-based company provides security, brokerage, and other financial services. No, it has nothing to do. This would have nothing to do with inflation. It would have nothing to do with inflation. Um it's a $4 billion company. Sales growth are very, very high. Uh, and they're going to make $4 next year after making $6 this year. It's a $70 stock. Too expensive for me. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Your objective is to work hard. 
plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is David from Montana. I was wondering if you guys could recommend a good book on chart reading. Thanks. There's a number of them. Uh, We have uh, on our website, um, let's see, I'm looking for books, and and I'm going down, see if we can find a fundamentals classic technical analysis. There's a section, and you'll see all kinds of books under there. So go to KPP Financial or investtalk.com. Go to uh, education. Go to the book section. And the best book out there, I think, is Technical Analysis of Financial Markets. That's by John Murphy. It's a very, very good book. Uh, the, the, the one that's like a textbook that is also very good is by Robert D. Edwards, Technical Analysis of Stock Trends. Uh, I, th- I think that's the, be- the best one out there. That and the first one I mentioned. And then there's, if you want to learn candlestick charts, there's Beyond Candlesticks, a book out there by that. So there's like four or five of them on, my, on our website that you can pick, okay, that talks about charting, Okay. Anyways, take a look. Um, now, um, retail sales. Did you see the numbers out today for October? Retail sales was up 1.7%. They expected it to be up 1.5, and the month before was only up 8 tenths of percent. So retail sales had a very strong rebound. And if you took out autos, which are very expensive items, and it gives you a better look at the underlying strength of Retail sales, retail sales was still up 1.7%, even after you took out autos. They expected that to be up only 1%, and the month before was only up four-tenths of 1%. So retail sales spiked in October. Now, was that because we're having a little bit better supply chain issues? Was that because people are more comfortable spending money? Remember, all the, all the, by now, all that stimulus money, almost all of it, won't be finished until the end of the year, uh, as far as people getting extra checks, is done, right? It, you know, so, so what we're seeing here is people spending money and not necessarily the extra money they got for unemployment benefits is what I'm suggesting. We'll know better in November, to see what that kind of growth is and see if it does grow. But remember, I just told you at the beginning of the show that uh, uh, our main talking point was consumer sentiment's not very good. Hmm. But See, but the sentiment is one thing, but the consumers are spending. So the consumer sentiment is not necessarily reflecting, reflecting what's actually happening. That's another reason why I don't like it very much. I don't like it very much. And finally, I wanted to mention, did you read this article? Have you been paying attention to the rise of the robots? Remember, we talk about all this show, and I've been talking about it for a long time. People are not going back to work. The labor participation rate is very low, 1% to 2% below its norm. And that's, that's huge. We're talking about labor participation rate. Um, how many millions of people that is. Anyways, 
A lot of companies are turning into robots because they can't get employees. A record number of robots added this year to companies. Well, what does that mean? They spent $15 billion more this year than last year, a 39% increase for robotics in their manufacturing facilities. And that's just not manufacturing facilities. They're talking about food preparation, all kinds of different things, not just manufacturing. Okay? No one's really talking about it. Remember how fearful? Okay. Everybody was fearing that all these robots are going to take away all these jobs and we won't have any more jobs. And now I'm talking about 10 years from ago. Oh, the, you know, the, what, there's going to be huge unemployment. None of that is true. And I, even 10 years ago, I was saying, don't worry about it. There'll be new jobs produced, new kinds of jobs. It's always been true in our e- economy. Jobs will be there. Just different kinds of jobs. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we do really encourage you to tell your friends and family member about us, if you would. It's all free. The podcasts are free. So get your free downloads at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and you can do it anytime you want. Please tell all, everybody, if you would. And if you rate us, you know, you can do that on iTunes. Uh, we do get to, if you have a question, we'll get to it very fast. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. They thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.